Coffee Conversations with Sinti is brought to you by influencer marketing specialists, The Salt, inspiring positive brand conversations. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Coffee Conversation with Sinti. We all have a fabulous guest in studio, and today we are coming at you from the Heineken offices. So welcome to it, and my guest today is Ilza. Ilza, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm great. What do you do at Heineken? So I'm currently the media and events manager across okay. all our brands. The busy bee. Very busy. All right. And how is business? Very good. Uh, we're going towards festive season. I think this is one of the best times for you guys. Eh? Yeah. It's yeah. the best time, but it's also peak. All right. Um, so a lot of communication around responsible consumption, okay. but also really big pressure to make sure that we've got enough beer okay. to oh, keep yeah. our consumers happy. <laughs> Influencer marketing is why we're here today. Uh, what in your view is influencer marketing? So whenever I hear influencer marketing, I think there's a difference between it being a buzz and a fad, but it is the oldest form of marketing, so to speak, right? So before there was television, before there even was radio, if I used a product and really liked it, I'd speak to my friends about it, right? And make recommendations without being paid um, by the advertiser or the product and brand. So my view certainly is that it's the most credible because it comes from someone who has used the product and has their own opinions about it. Yeah, and and credibility in this day and age is quite an important thing, isn't it? Correct. So credibility and authenticity have taken a bit of a a turn in how people, you know, perceive it because of access to social and anything really on the web. Um, And consumers can uncover the truth more than they could, you know, back in the 50s when they had to wait, you know, for every couple of months to get a newspaper to know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of birdie whispered in my ear that in your previous life you were in an agency. And I think this really changes and makes the dynamics of our conversation very interesting. So can you give me the two perspectives, one from an agency side and one from a brand or user side in terms of influencer marketing? Absolutely. I think from an agency side, and that's the reason why we work with agencies is that they're very, they've got the depth of specialization that we don't necessarily have. All right. However, on the client side, we've got a lot more visibility across the business. So we're not just looking at marketing in isolation, but we're well aware of what's happening from a trade marketing point of view or sales, or even supply constraints. So I think moving from agency mindset into the client mindset, you start asking why are we doing something a lot more, or why why are we not doing something uh, a lot more of. Um, And I think that that, that's the biggest change. But of course, we always need our agencies because of their depth of specialization versus our breadth, I guess. Um, Heineken is a global success and I figure the biggest question is always how do we take that global brand and localize it? Uh, Do you find that influencer marketing has been very effective in creating local conversations that drive the the, the brand success that you're looking for? So, yes but very different tiers of influencer marketing having an impact certainly for a global brand to have local conversations using a lot of global icons in our advertising work so you would have seen Nico Rosberg or whether it's Jose Mourinho how do you get faces that are locally more relevant for South African consumers to to correct yeah Yeah. so is it Miss Cosmo um, on Heineken for example but striking that balance of not becoming a brand that's obsessed with just 
very big icons. Okay. What about the man on the street? Yeah. That so feels so passionately you, about you the You start brand. to mean that you're using all the three tiers of influencer marketing, your macro and drive down to your micro as well. Yes. To obviously deliver different uh, brand um, objectives. Exactly. And and again, it goes back to the question of she why. Finishes my sentences <laughs> for me. Um, but it really it, it really comes down to what the brand needs to achieve. Yeah. And certainly, if it's driving local conversations, yeah. it's what. Are the conversations about okay. maybe not necessarily the brand but isn't it is it about an event so All is right. it UEFA for champions league okay. because again to be credible and authentic in the influencer space you yeah. can't just talk about the product no you no, know you can't, yeah. it's got to be something bigger than that yeah social proof is very important yes. um, the category that you guys are in is very tricky in terms of choice mm -hmm. and um, as we were having a conversation earlier the palate is not static. What I used to drink when I was 19, 20 is not what I'm drinking now. So how are you able to then stay top of mind and obviously top of palate in terms of uh, those restrictions and impediments? Yeah, so so obviously consumers buy in repertoires when yeah. it comes to beer um, or cider and generally the alcohol category. If you have a look, the same rings true in the chocolate yeah. <laughs> um, sector. But because consumers buy in repertoires, there's a lot of things that as a brand you need to activate. So yeah. one is always having a really good product. Yeah, because yeah. again, if the liquid is good, um, followed by a very strong brand that resonates with consumers yeah. um, is another key element of that. And then being different. So what is that thing of the brand or what the brand says about me yeah. that I get from it versus another brand. Yeah. So in order to get into a consumer's repertoire, we always talk about you know reaching as many consumers as we possibly can yeah. that are in our category um, all the time, but also with messages that are meaningful to them. Yeah. Uh, and that's critical. So it's a very cluttered environment. We've seen a lot of new beer brands launching, yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, it's just ensuring that we're we're covering our bases and building strong brands. Have you been happy with your return on the investment in terms of carrying that innovation and product quality message through to, to the market, and making sure that it sticks, and at the end of the day, people buy your product? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, I mean. Your brand's growth, not only from a numbers point of view, from a volume point of view, yeah. but we also closely track equity so that we understand what is driving the growth or the impact of a particular activity exactly, yeah. or, or brand or new line extension, etc. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all about measurement. And I think a lot of marketers are becoming a lot more conscientious about how we're going to measure this, yeah, whether exactly. it's successful or not. Yeah. Uh, traditional forms of marketing seem just about effective as a message in a portal. But obviously we can't uh, discount them outright because I think every channel has got its own place in terms of deliverables. Um, how does influencer marketing fit into your, your marketing mix? So certainly different by brand. Is it, is it, has it become daily bread for you guys? We do a lot of reflection around it because okay. only if it's right for the brand. So right. are we trying to stimulate trial? Okay. okay. Are we trying to get new users? Or do we want to drive existing users uh, to speak about us more? So is okay. it advocacy? Right. And it very much depends on brands and where they are in the life stage. Yeah. yeah. You know, are we still trying to create awareness of the brand? Is it liquid on lips? Is it a staple influencer marketing in our strategies? It's certainly something we don't leave off. Okay. But whether it's a macro influencer 
or whether it's got to be more of a micro-influencer is something that we, we do ask in every single plan that we put together. Alright, it, it, I think it must be very difficult for a huge brand like yourselves to let go of some control when you're engaging a third party. Um, how are you finding influencers that are on brand and are likely to be effective in, in driving your reach, relevance, resonance and ultimately uh, that decision to purchase continuously? So I think a lot of advertisers get it wrong where they don't want to lose control yeah. um, and, and let the influencers speak on behalf of the brand or represent the brand. Yeah. But I think it comes down to how we brief the influencers we're working on. Okay. The more they know, the better for us. Yeah. I think we work in a category that we, we have the highest incidence of alcohol abuse yeah, uh, exactly. in the world yeah. so in terms of encouraging responsible consumption you know um, the way in which you take photographs and post them on your social media yeah. you have to be aware of what light are you being painted in and by default the brand yeah. so all of it comes down to having really good conversations with your influencers up front yeah. to ensure that you're happy enough to lose control yeah. because that's where the beauty of influencer marketing comes in yeah. that it's not the brand's voice no. it's the influencer's voice yeah, the power of user correct yeah. and that's where the authenticity and the credibility comes from exactly. um, but that upfront part's critically important yeah and and in your experiences have you had any pros what what in fact what sort of pros and cons have you experienced in the use of so I think certainly from a pro point of view when launching a line extension like an Amstel Radler yeah. and needing to get liquid on lips because it's yeah. one of those products that when you so so when you taste when you taste Radler you you are converted yeah. um, and it's just one of those you know unique tasting beers that uh, unless you've tried it yeah um, you can't say too much about it exactly. so I think we've had great success in you know launching new new products um, and of course stimulating trial and then of course we've had incredible uh, successes with using macro influencers for large events yeah. or pulling people to a large event like the yeah. UEFA Champions League final that we host in Nazareth every year yeah. Um, so we've used them to varying degrees and really well. We've also used influencers to build equity cues of a particular brand. So Strongbow, when we launched Strongbow, right. to really you know land what the brand was all about, we used uh, you know interesting influencers to do Instagram walks in their city yeah. um, and uncover nature and that sort of thing. And again, it's different for each brand. So there's certainly not one copy and paste influencer approach right. across the board. Um, and at the stage where your business is in terms of your marketing strategy, would you say that uh, you're mainstreaming influencer marketing? Or, I know you spoke about it, but obviously I want to harp on it a Yes, of course. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I certainly do not believe that influencer marketing should ever become a traditional on every single plan type of medium. The All reason right. I say that is it will start losing its credibility. Algorithms ah, on social media, yeah, yeah, I think algorithms on social media are becoming smarter and smarter yeah. and they can pick up whether someone is being, you know, paid to, to talk about a particular <laughs> brand. Yeah. Um, and I think consumers are not stupid. Yeah. You know, we, we've interviewed quite a lot of, uh, of the younger generation recently in yeah. interviews um, and a lot of them 
say that I want to be an influencer yeah. because they know that it's a lucrative ah, opportunity. Okay. Okay. And then you're losing the one thing that influencer marketing is about, which is authenticity, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. Correct. And I mean, I'm incredibly passionate about sunlight dishwashing liquid. Yeah. I love the brand. <laughs> um, but will my peers or my fa friends and family think differently if they yeah. know that I'm being paid by the brand to talk about it? Exactly. But in my own right, having a conversation about it will always be great because yeah. I'm so passionate about the brand. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, your views on the future of influencer marketing? Obviously, the the operating space is going to change. We're obviously, going to have a lot more social networks coming in. Uh, yeah. Where do you think it's headed to? So, I think there's a couple of things because I don't think it'll ever go away. Yeah. But it's going to be. We need to be a lot more accountable around influencer media. I think the one is transparency okay. and measurement. All right. Because I think there's all too often, you know, you look at a group of uh, influencers. So, so maybe, if, mm -hmm. if you don't mind me interjecting, so we are now past the introduction stage. Everybody knows about it. Everybody's trying it, but now we're moving into how exactly effective it is. Exactly. Right. So I think digital was the same. Everyone's yeah. like, wow, we've got to advertise on Facebook yeah. or programmatic. Yeah, everybody and, was on. And then it became the norm. Yeah. And, and that's where influence marketing is now. Yeah. But then advertisers started standing up and going, how visible is my ad and for how long? Yeah. Is it being seen by a human? Because exactly. bots are written oh, to, yeah. to behave yeah. like humans. Yeah. Um, you know, if an influencer claims to have 10,000 followers, how many are fake? Exactly. You know, so I think now from a transparency and measurement point of view, it's critical. Yeah. So that's certainly, I think, the next step um, that a lot of advertisers are going to start uh, questioning. Right. Followed by that is, you know, companies that are selling influencer marketing need to start becoming a lot stricter on what projects they take. Right. The reason for that is so that it doesn't lose its credibility. Yeah. Next minute we know <laughs> we've got influencers promoting socks to washing powder to beers uh, to, to beers you know, rivals. exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and at what point is it credible anymore? Exactly. Um, so I think that, that, that that's a big watch out. But certainly I think the future is bright. Yeah. Um, it, it just needs to be from a very credible space because algorithms are getting smarter and smarter and smarter. Yeah. Um, and they know what is advertised or promoted content exactly, versus yeah. not. Ilza, thank yeah. you so much for joining us this this afternoon. <laughs> and um, I hope now we can go and have a coffee and a Heineken uh, to drive that liquid on lips statement that you spoke <laughs> about. Everybody at home, thank you so much for joining us. Please download all of these uh, episodes that you hear all the time from Spotify and iTunes. And we hope to see you again next week. Uh, we have to love you, but thank you so much for joining us.